Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems around the world adopt technology with me, Tiasha Zaitz. The big news in voice tech in 2022 was that the Amazon division that built Alexa smart speaker was on track to lose 10 billion US dollars as reported by the insider in November. The promise of voice is great. Imagine doctors speaking to their patients while their words get correctly transcribed, interpreted and recorded in a structured way in a clinical system. No more long hours spent on typing clinical notes on the computer. While this may seem futuristic, it's actually already in use in some places. At Health, or HLTH, in November, I spoke with Punit Singh Sonu, CEO of Suki, which provides doctors with an AI-powered voice assistant for healthcare designed to save doctors' time and energy. We discussed how Suki works, how it translates text to structured data, and how clinically risky is it to rely on AI to correctly interpret, for example, medication names, which can very quickly sound alike. The biggest issue, says Punit Singh Sono, is not specialty phrases, it's regular English. Just before we dive into the discussion with Punit, as always, subscribe to the podcast if you will enjoy this discussion. This way, you'll be automatically updated with the new episodes in your podcast player. This episode is a part of a series of discussion about natural language processing in healthcare. So do check out the other episodes as well by going to the link in the show notes. Also, We'll publish a summary of all the discussions in our newsletter, so make sure to check fodh.substack.com, that's fodh.substack.com, to see the past editions and subscribe to new ones. Now let's dive in. Punit, how would you describe the current state of voice tech in healthcare? Let's just start broad. I think it's bifurcated into three different areas at this point of time. There is the what I call the past generation of voice technologies, which is basically the click somewhere and dictate speech recognition. I look at that and think of it almost like a the blue dot in Google Maps. It's just technology. It's not a product. And then there is this new thing that a lot of people talk about, which is ambient, which is basically just human beings in the back who are typing and filling out notes. So that's not really fully voice stack. It's actually voice plus humans, very expensive and not very scalable. And then there is something what we do, which is the digital assistant, like a Siri for doctors, where you can talk to it, you can dictate to it, you can give it commands, and it'll basically, like an AI, actually operate on it. So understanding what the intent of the person is more important than just taking audio and converting it into words. And so I would say those are the kind of three different areas. The incumbents usually use the first area. There's a bunch of new companies trying to do this human plus voice thing, but it's too expensive and can't scale. And then there is us. Among the new companies, we're probably the most scaled at this point of time, but that's still the tip of the iceberg. There's a long way to go. Just on the U.S. market? 
Yeah, primarily on the US market. We have a little bit of a footprint in Brazil through our partners in Philips. And uh, and then we are looking a little bit at the UK market, mostly because we have investors there. But to be honest, the US market is keeping us so busy that it's hard to pay attention to anything else right now. Yeah. When you say voice in healthcare, most people that are at least a little bit familiar with the topic will think of nu- nuance. Yeah. How do you differentiate from them? Yeah. As I said... Nuance's primary technology is basically dictation. So you click somewhere, you talk, words come out. And that to me is the same as what I said, the blue dot in a Google Maps. It's technology, it's location, but it's not a product. Google Maps would be everything else that uses the location technology. So a digital assistant will use speech recognition technology, will use intent extraction to understand what you just said. We'll pull that together into an experience where the user can think that they're actually talking to an actual AI. Nuance is basically a dictation app. And they have other products around it, services mostly, but I look at them as a very powerful, important member who are the first generation of voice technologies. We are probably the next one. What is done very well today across industries and for various uses is just translating voice to text. That's been done in different languages and that's been pretty much figured out. But the next step, uh, for example, in healthcare applications is how do you turn that text to structure the data? How do you code it? So how do you approach that? Do you do that? Do you leave that to someone else? Yeah, very good question. So the first step of building speech, as you said, is you say something, the audio is converted to text. Then you need to be able to build something that actually takes the text and understands intents from it. For example, if I said, hey, what's my schedule like? That's words that get converted to text. But then the system has to understand that the user is asking for the schedule. What are the patients they are seeing? The next step after that, when you actually are able to understand fixed intents, is to be able to have flexible intents. So what if the user said, what's my day like? How does my schedule look today? These are different ways of saying things. So the system has to now flexibly understand natural language and say, okay, the user actually wants schedule. Then the step after that is to say, now I have a blob of data. Can I extract out of it other structured things that I can put into the node? So, for example, if a doctor is using Suki, they will say things like, hey, show me my schedule. Create a new clinical note for Jane Roberts. Insert my normal review of systems. And Suki knows what a normal review is for this doctor is based on their prior notes. So it generates that change skin to something. Prescribe doxycycline 5 milligrams over 3 days or 3 weeks and then dictate. Maybe they will say in history, add that this is a 37-year-old who's got this issue and that issue. Now what we do is we take that, we create a note, and we extract all the semantic data out of it. So for example, if you said this patient has a problem of hypertension, we can automatically real-time understand the ICD-10 code attached to that, attach it to hypertension, go into the EMR, in the problem space of EMR, add hypertension as a problem, add the text below it as the dictated content, and add the ICD-10 code too, so that the user gets all the structured data. So now you went with transcription, understanding audio, converting it into text, intent understanding, understanding what that meant, and then semantic analysis, understanding the structured data out of it, put to the right place. We do all three. And how do you work with different healthcare providers and different EHRs? 
What kind of differences do you see there in terms of how difficult or how easy it is to integrate your solution in the system? There's no such thing as easy when it comes to electronic medical data interoperability, right? I don't fault them for this because they have an onerous set of things that they have to deal with. But one, can, one knows that electronic health records haven't really done any kind of fantastic job when it comes to interoperability. It's difficult, it's painful. In the our case, we actually don't read from it, we write to it, which is even harder. Because the system of record still is the EHR. And some EHRs tend to be easy. In my opinion, Athena is super easy. We have partners like Elation who are being very helpful. Epic and Cerner have been better and have had the right kind of systems that we can use but are not complete. And, but others are impossible. You know, there's just no APIs. You just have to build these custom interfaces that go back to 1970s technology. And so if I had to say, I would say probably one of the biggest impediments to innovation and growth in healthcare tech is the fact that interoperability in EHRs is limited. Companies like Epic and Cerner are helpful, but need to do more. Companies like Athena have actually done a pretty good job. Everybody else is pretty awful, to be honest. How do you work with customers? So can you take me through all the steps that happen? when What needs to happen that you, first of all, convince someone to invest in this, to make physicians work easier? And perhaps you can also talk about what the actual results are. So what changes for the physicians when they use Suki? So let me start at the top. The mission of Suki is to make healthcare tech assistive and invisible so that clinicians can focus on clinical care. Okay? Now, to make healthcare tech assistive and invisible is a very large scope to do things. The first product we built is Suki Assistant, which is basically like a Siri, but for doctors. It's available on iOS, on Android, on web, on Windows. You can use it in any platform. You can use it in a parking lot. You can use it while driving, which I don't recommend. You can use it in a baseball game. You can use it in clinic. You can use it between exam rooms. It's, it follows you everywhere. The second product we built, because to build Suki Assistant, we built a speech platform. That speech platform contains a speech recognition system, an intent extractor, that we'll give to other companies if they want to add voice to their systems. Both of these products make healthcare tech assistive and invisible. Now, when you talk about the Suki Assistant, the first product, typically we tell people that if you use it, we will save you anywhere from 50 to up to 72% of all time taken on documentation, period. And some studies have shown about 24% increase in revenue, mostly because we automatically code and attach these and put it into the EMR. So the ROI and the need the doctor satisfaction is all proven and in studies. In fact, AFP, which is American Association of Family Practice, published a study on Suki saying that they are marking it as a technology that can guarantee this kind of savings and revenue growth. So at this point of time, to be honest, I am not, I don't have to do much convincing. We have a lot of customers who actually want us. We have a, a huge pipeline of users to actually deploy to. What happens next when we have to then deploy is we have two different segments. One is enterprises, health systems. There you first have to find out the EMR, integrate with the EMR, then actually deploy, test everything, and then give it to the users and the users can use it. But we also have another segment which is just independent clinics and individual doctors. They can just go online, download the app, get a two-week free trial, 
if it adds value to them they start paying if it doesn't then it's a free trial so both of them work. one thing that i find interesting is the latest thing that you released in october this year so that's mobile as a mic because usually if we look at just like the cost or just the hurdle that you need to overcome to start using voice in a healthcare institution is you need to buy new devices you need to train doctors and etc so this is very interesting to me can you tell me a little bit more about how the this is it is it an app that then connects to the EHR because if it is a personal device of a clinician that opens up all sorts of security issues with it yeah no question i can answer that the but from the start suki has had two constraints it's put on itself number one it will never need custom hardware so i did not told my team we'll never build anything that requires custom hardware no speakers no mics no custom phone nothing you will be able to use your laptop you can use your own phone you can use the system's laptop a system phone but we will never require any custom hardware second constraint we put is no human beings so no people sitting in the back typing notes no cleaning up stuff etc it's just going to basically be a pure software play now we do have a enhanced review service that allows people to for an extra charge get their notes cleaned up but you don't need to use it most people don't use it Now once you have that then most doctors are using our Suki on their laptops and their personal devices already we are fully HIPAA compliant all the privacy and security is taken care of everybody's has been using it comfortably mobile as a mic is a simple technology what it really does is it takes the Suki assistant that you're using to do notes and it allows you to use that as a mic to dictate into your laptop too that's all and all you're already using suki assistant to do notes without dictating you can just say things to it and it'll do it but now if you just swipe the badge down it goes into a mic mode and now you can use that as a mic to just dictate into your emails or letters or wherever you want to do so think of dictation as a free and additional feature of the suki assistant how big of an issue is the surrounding noise when recording data to the EHR do clinicians mostly use this in their office when they are one on one with the patient so it's like a quiet environment or how do you tackle that in hospital setting that's busier and can potentially cause interference with the recording and consequently the results that the software will provide it depends on what you're trying to do for example if you're using the assistant which is like a Siri in that case you're probably picking up the phone and just talking to it and saying hey create a new note insert my normal review system change this prescribe that etc but some people want to dictate an email in which case you can use the phone and talk to it and click wherever you want the words to pop out in either cases you're using your personal phone and typically people don't leave their phone somewhere they pick it up and use it phones also have noise cancellation suki software has its own noise cancellation built in so effectively just like this mic that i'm using to do your podcast we're able to call out all the noise and at least pick up the primary source and amplify it so it's not really much of a problem now if you're in a urgent care setup and there are 50 people around you and there's chaos going on a voice product is going to be really hard to use people oddly enough we have a lot of urgent care users but typically they use it with their personal phones next to their mouth so that people can understand the voice so it is a it is something to take care of but it's not a big problem for us
what kind of terminologies do you use when you structure data? And if you structure data, what does that mean in terms of the company? So how many different departments do you have to develop the whole technology? I imagine that there's data modelers, there's people that are voice specialists. How is that done? Yeah, I mean, actually, semantic analysis of text is a much proven problem in healthcare. You can go online and see so many papers. And there is also Google's LLP and Amazon's Comprehend and a bunch of things where you put text and do semantic analysis. The underlying system that we use, actually, the key thing to do is how do you define the data and what do you transcribe? The NLP is our own. We just basically use our own NLP to extract the data structure definition, we use IMO, which is Intelligent Medical Objects. So they have a pretty standard data definition. It's used by all the EMRs in U.S., Epic, Cerner, Athena, everybody else. IMO is a very dear, close partner to us. So we just use them for the definition part, and then we build our own NLP to extract. And now you have the extraction in a definition that all EMRs understand. So there is no transposition or translation to be done. We just directly work with the EMR. One thing that I'm also wondering is, despite the fact that voice-to-tech is really great today, generally speaking, the specific problem in healthcare is still that when it comes to medications, you have different brand names that sound alike, and very quickly you can get into a dangerous situation when a doctor wanted to prescribe one thing, but the software understood that word as something different, which can pose a significant patient safety risk. So how do you address that, and what are the limits of the use of Suki as a voice assistant? What do you not do, for example? Yeah, yeah. To be honest, this is not that much of a problem from where we stand, mostly because there are a lot of constraints on speech, right, which are useful. For example, an orthopedic surgeon has a particular universe of things they will actually say versus a family practice, which will have a different universe, versus a neurologist. Suki works across 30-plus specialties, so it works across all specialties. One constraint that we put on is we know what the the specialty of the doctor is. So we use a different language model per specialty. By using a different language model per specialty, you actually eliminate errors that are cross-specialty. So now you're only discussing issues within it. Second is that when we actually look at things like medications and problems, etc., we end up usually exposing that information as they talk on the mobile phone, as they're talking in a very structured way. So the doctors can very quickly eyeball it and say, I'm done, and then it'll just basically send it. Between those two, honestly, we have never really run into much of an issue with mistranscribing medications. That's not really been the problem. The problem typically happens not in medical terminology. It happens in regular English. So regular English, like sometimes you, it's hilarious. I'll give you a very funny example. The doctor would just say bilateral knee, and it would actually understand it as Beyonce Knowles. And like that... Regular English is where speech recognition trips and falls. In in specific medical terminology, given the context of the doctor, their practice, their prior notes, you can be very accurate. It's regular English where you have to actually spend more time trying to make sure that mistakes don't happen. But do doctors need to train the system so it gets used to their accent, so it understands them, to understand specific concepts for specific specialty? Two things that we do. Number one, when we actually deploy to a new doctor, we take some number of older notes that they have already done from the EHR, feed it to Suki, so Suki learns the typical words they typically say. 
then when the doctor starts using it the system self learns after that it will automatically keep learning because typically what happens a human tendency is you tie you say something oh you got that wrong they select and they replace it every time they select and replace something you're teaching the system that this is a mistake and then it gets better over time so there's no special training required the system's a self training self learning model so what's difficult for you what are some of the challenges that you still are trying to solve tuki and in as long as you're building a company there's always challenges to solve yeah but everything sounds so great and so perfect that i'm like really wondering yeah oh there's so much that's difficult number one difficulty is that electronic medical record interoperability as i was telling you is getting better but it's not completely there so suki's ability to manage complicated workflows is only as good as what the electronic medical record underlying it is for example if a doctor starts a note in a emr because they're seeing you in a exam room then they go out and they want to start talking to suki it has to pull that note into suki now you have to add to that note on the fly and then when you push it it has to merge the note with the brack thing this workflow for a doctor's pretty easy and seamless but for suki it's harder because electronic integration right so the capabilities of the underlying integration limit the intelligence of the system even though the system can do much more so that's number one issue number two issue is it's easy to deploy to 100 docs here a few hundred docs here but when you deploy to thousands and thousands of docs pure software in a scalable way such that you don't use humans to train the doctors you have to build a product that teaches itself that's simple that it can work doctors are a special breed of users they are very sophisticated but they also don't have any patience so building a product that actually will not take too much of their time but can teach them what to do in a way that they are happy is a very complicated problem that's why when people say oh seems like this is something a few other companies can do how are you different i usually say but we are used and we exist that's probably more than you can say about most people so i would say building a consumer grade product in an enterprise setting is probably the more difficult thing and then finally i would say everything is slower in healthcare as you're in healthcare if i was building the same amount of company i've raised 100 million dollars i have built some very serious ipm the only company outside of the large companies that have their own speech recognition systems etc if i was doing this in almost any other industry i would have built a company this five times the size of suki already so you have to have patience which is actually something that's in low quantity with entrepreneurs and their operability figuring out how to deploy at scale and teach doctors at scale without making them annoyed and then having the patience to work through the slug of healthcare there's some real problems it's not that easy and just one last question so we mostly focused on voice to text to structured data in this discussion but how do you see the future of voice in healthcare or the future of sound because we also capture sound with stethoscopes ultrasounds are based on sound any thoughts there yeah it's going to evolve in two or three different arcs number one arc that you're going to see is that more skills will be added today i do clinical documentation using voice i also started doing coding recently using voice then i started adding show me queries hey show me what vital signs this patient you can tell suki hey suki what medications this person is taking give me a sense of what allergies they have these are the kind of questions you can ask but what about inbox management order entry what about trying to figure out how to do search using voice there's a lot of skills that voice needs to add to make it even more of a digital assistant second you need to make these more and more automated why do people have to 
command and control which is what we do why why wouldn't it just using pure software understand the voice and be able to do whatever it can guarantee the rest you can do using command and control so this idea of going from dictation to intents to flexible intents to command and control to you know pseudo ambient systems using software is another journey you have to be on right so these are the various arcs that we have to use to actually do this and then of course ultimately you have to figure out how to actually get into the patients lives today we are clinical focused but uh, one day there's no reason why the patient when they're walking to the clinic can't say here's why i'm coming here are the issues i have it can create a intake form give it to the doctor and the doctor then says give me a summary of the patient what is it that they want and then it tells them that and then the doctor uses voice too so all of this is coming you've been listening to faces of digital health a proud member of the health podcast network Stay tuned, subscribe to the podcast to get new episodes automatically and also check out our newsletter at fodh.substack.com that's fodh.substack.com and see what we covered in the last month. Stay tuned.